So you may be wondering why this month's Date with Kate is launching on a Wednesday. Well, that's because today is a very special day. July 13th is my 30th birthday. One thing I know for sure this year is that there is so much reason to celebrate. One of the ways that you guys could help me celebrate and a gift that you can give me of sorts is leaving a review on the show. Now, you guys might have figured this out already, but Making Room by Gather is becoming one of the main branches of our business, Gather. We have had the incredible opportunity this season of bringing on new guests and having new conversations and continuing strong into the future. But one of the best ways that you can help this continue to grow and be is to leave a written review. Now, I like to put it this way. If you were going to a new restaurant and they only had one review, you might think they're not that great. Whereas a restaurant with a hundred, you would know that you have to go because it is probably delicious. The same thing happens with the podcast, but we would love to see 30 more added this week. That would be the absolute sweetest and best gift that you can give me. So if you could pause the show, write a review, and maybe even send me a screenshot to at gather intentional living on Instagram so I could thank you, that would be incredible. Now, this conversation today is one that I am going to talk to. Um, it is a question, probably my most asked question in this last season, and it's the topic of feeding special diets and how to feed people with special dietary needs uh, at the table with ease and with decadence. Now, over the past few years, as I have just kind of stepped into um, an eating style that makes me feel my best, I have learned a lot about this. So without further ado, let's go into this conversation that I think may just be your favorite one yet. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Okay, here is where I want to start. I have an unbelievable level of compassion and understanding for the everyday host with how complex and how overwhelming it can feel to feed guests with special dietary needs, okay? I totally get it from as from being a host and from the um, perspective of being a guest with dietary needs. Now, I remember when I was in my mid-teens, I guess, when I was having a lot of stomach trouble and a nutritionist suggested that I went gluten-free. At that point, I was living with my Italian grandpa who quite literally only ate Italian food. So Italian bread, pasta, chicken cutlets, all of that, right? I I remember the level of just confusion. Well, what are you going to (laughs) eat? And I think he really truly believed, I think it's over. It's all over. There are no other options. So... Um, I, I know seeing that, I, I remember his um, reaction, reaction, and I know that a lot of hosts have the same, um, same view of it, but now I have been a gluten-free and dairy-free guest for many, many years doing my own cooking and exploring, and I've also seen the other side of this. So here is where I want to go with this conversation. I have been at a lot of tables where food 
um, separates the gathering by the way it's served. Now, what I mean by that is a lot of times special diet cooking can ostracize the guest by the wording connected to it and by the way it is actually physically served. So here's what I mean by that. By the way it's physically served, a lot of times it's like, oh, this is yours and ours. Sometimes it is served in very um, weird places of the home, right? And I'm not talking about extreme cross-contamination here. I'm just talking about your average gathering. Sometimes it's like, okay, this whole feast is set, but this one person's gluten-free dish is put in the corner of the kitchen or left in the microwave, right? Um So that happens with the yours and ours food culture surrounding special diets, which is very, very dangerous because it provides instant separation. The other thing is it can ostracize the guest based on the wording attached to it. Now, I really want you to hear me, okay? I can take a certain level of mockery with gluten-free. I get it. It's very foreign to a lot of people especially someone like my Italian grandpa, old school, old world Italian. Um, We just need to be very careful, guys. Like if we want our guests to feel welcome, if we want the table to be a safe space, if we want to see people, really see them for who they are and make them feel a sense of belonging, we really need to be careful and mindful of the, ew, that can't be delicious. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to go through the list. So, Okay, so my main goal, my main goal through this conversation is to give you the conversa- uh, the confidence <laughs> that you need to serve a mixed table by cooking once. So you are going to have the same menu, the same food that everybody at the food can eat. Now, you might be thinking, how is this possible with gluten and dairy-free? I have done years of cooking as I figured out my own dietary needs, um, how to cook for guests, um, as I am a host with special dietary needs. Anyways, I've done a lot of work to hone in on how to make these types of meals possible um, so that I can enjoy food with my guests. And that is what I'm going to be telling you today. I really want to alleviate the side of hospitality culture, the yours, mine, and ours. I think it should only be ours um, to be sharing the same dining experience, the same hospitality experience, and to work against anything at our tables that is uh, dividing and separating, okay? And I I believe I, you know, maybe maybe you guys think I'm going a little crazy with this, but um, I believe that there are so many, sometimes it's not the big things that separate a table. Sometimes it's the little things. And I just want to work against any little thing that can cause um, separation and divide or discomfort um, at the table, table space, tablescape. There we go. <laughs> Whatever the right word is there. So um, I'm going to go through a few main points here, and then we're going to actually talk about specific meals um, that you can adopt right now. You can use them as inspiration or the exact menus that you use. Either way, I'm happy to share them with you. So the first thing that I want to say is there um, are so many fabulous, fabulous ingredients um, on the market right now. I remember when I first went gluten-free, oh man, it was probably like 15 years ago, which is oh, kind of scary. That's a big number. Um, there were so few ingredients available. You, you know, you hear about the gluten-free and cardboard or dairy-free tofu, all that stuff. That's so, um, that's so dated. That's not really Uh, relevant anymore because the things that have been developed are so true to the natural or like the, um, 
ah, the real version of the product um, that gluten-free and dairy-free is so much more delicious and possible now. So what, I, what I'm trying to get at with that is you can use the recipes that you love and go to and just swap them out very, very easily with products um, that are the special diet version. Okay, here's what I mean by that. Say, for example, you are making a, I don't know, Ina Garden chicken recipe, and it's breaded and calls for milk in the sauce. You don't have to find a gluten-free recipe per se. You can look at your favorite recipes that you're confident making and you know are delicious, but swap out the problem ingredients. Now, for a recipe, I you know I don't even have a specific recipe in mind, but what that can look like is if you need breadcrumbs, just use gluten-free breadcrumbs. They are delicious and nobody would know. If you need milk in the sauce, use an almond milk, use a coconut milk, um, use an oat milk, and then just cook the recipe the same way. I think there is a lot of um, intimidation when you have to cook gluten-free. We think that there has to be a lot of chemistry and change and give yourself the freedom and the permission to... um, you know, identify what the ingredients are and then to search your store for the swaps. I really hope sometime soon to create more extensive resources, but think of it this way. Um, Bob's Red Mill flour, the blue bag is a fabulous substitute for any flour in any recipe. Oat milk, especially the creamy oat milk, unflavored, unsweetened is a fabulous, fabulous substitute, um, for, um, like heavy creams or milks. Um, the, for pasta, Jovial brand, J-O-V-I-A-L brand, is a brand of gluten-free pastas from Italy. They have lasagna sheets. They have every shape and size of pasta you can imagine. Give yourself permission to use the recipes that you know and love. Don't make it complicated. Make the swaps um, and feed everyone once. It will make it so much less stressful for you, okay? Now, the... Um, the thing that I want to note here is to watch condiments. So say, for example, you're like, oh, I think this recipe is gluten-free, but it has soy sauce in it. I just want to encourage you um, to start the whole process telling yourself, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to get overwhelmed. I'm not going to let myself go there. Um, I'm going to become a learner because after I learn a few of these tricks, it's just going to be second nature to me. I care about this person. I want to do it for them. Okay. So let's just start with that mantra. Um, then I want you to start looking at things like soy sauce, um, salad dressings, um, different condiments, Look at the back label and just look at the contains list, okay? So you want to make sure that everything that you are buying um, is, you know, if we are talking about um, gluten and dairy-free specifically, you want to make sure it doesn't say contains wheat or contains milk. Now, if you've never looked at an ingredient list on a product, that is amazing. I can't remember the last time I didn't have to, but um, it is on the back of the label under the nutrition. All the ingredients are listed and on the way, way bottom, um, it says like allergen information or contains, and that's where um, these main buzzwords, nuts, gluten, dairy, whatever it would be. Um, 
just allow yourself to be a little bit of a learner in this process, especially if this is new to you. Um, all of these like main condiment type things, especially prepared foods. Um, I remember learning that French macarons, um, are, gluten-free. That's the nature of the recipe. However, some of the stores, especially some of the more budget stores, actually do include things like flour to make it a little bit cheaper. Um, Things like coconut macaroons, which are usually coconut egg and sugar. Sometimes they will add flour to make it a little bit cheaper. Um, Balsamic vinegar, especially when it's like one of those $2 bottles, um, they add wheat for the color. Things like um, certain M&Ms or very glossy chocolate include wheat for the shiny glaze on the outside of things. So I do not want you to be overwhelmed. I just want you to be empowered. All you have to do as you are looking for certain ingredients and condiments is to look at that little nifty contains label um, on the back of the product and that will give you your, that will make the decision for you, right? Um, Now, there are usually gluten-free sections at the stores or more natural sections um, in your local grocery store, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, of course, they would have them too. You could feel free to just shop those aisles, um, but don't be scared to go in the main aisles too and just... um, be a learner and be a little bit curious. Um, oh my gosh, I really, I just want to do like a tell-all edition where I'm telling you like all the products to use. But I, you know, as someone that's gluten-free and dairy-free and tries to eat as plant-based or like nutrient-rich as possible, I eat mayo almost daily. And um, you just, because there are products available now that make them that are so good and so clean that it is possible. Okay, I need to move on. Now, the last main topic that I want to just talk about is don't make it weird, okay? Don't make this process weird for people. So say you found the condiments, you found the ingredients, you are going to make a delicious chicken dinner with side dishes um, based on a few swaps. As you serve it, serve it with confidence and you know, just be so proud of yourself, but don't say, oh yeah, here's the chicken dinner and I made it with that weird sauce so that Katie could eat it or whatever, you know, just serve it with joy and excitement just like you would so that you're not, again, ostracizing the person. That's what we want to prevent. We are trying to make this an inclusive, exciting, um, unifying process. And so don't, don't bring attention to, um, any kind of new products used, especially for people that are more traditional eaters. Um, there's no word, there's no reason to cause alarm or bring extra attention. Um, you can trust, you can trust the development and how much process has been made in these ingredients, knowing that everyone will love it. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, let's cook. So, um, here are the meals that you can offer that are very, very simple and for, Um, these exact types of groups. I also recommend cooking this way when you don't know the dietary restrictions, um, just so that there's options for everyone without wondering. So the first thing that I love is Italian sausage and peppers. And I grew up always making it with a white sauce, um, meaning garlic and olive oil uh, with a little bit of wine and butter, but a lot of people make it with red sauce as well. Whatever way you do, uh, whatever way you make it, um, Italian sausage with a ton of bell peppers, a ton of onions, a little bit of um, dairy-free butter, a splash of wine sauce, fennel seeds. It is so easy. You can make it in kind of like a crock pot, um, a Dutch oven, so many different ways to make it And again, very easy. Now, what I do when I'm serving this to make it gluten and dairy free is 
I will make this as the main dish. So you always want the main dish to be something very filling, right? So that everyone can eat it and feel satisfied at the end. So this is my main dish. And then on the side, I serve roasted, um, kind of like Italian potatoes, I guess. So roasted little potatoes with Italian seasoning so that if someone's gluten-free, they can have a protein, a vegetable, and a starch and be totally satisfied. But then if you have guests that can enjoy gluten, you can have really nice Italian subs on the side and even a bowl of Parmesan cheese so they can make it sub and add cheese if they would like. So here's kind of the trick. Like we said, you want the main dish to be the thing that everybody can enjoy and the things on the side to be um, add-ons for those that don't have restrictions. So sausage and peppers is for sure my go-to over and over and over again. Um, It's so well-loved by so many people. Now, golden pulled chicken is my next most popular. So what I do is I get a ton of chicken breasts, put them in my crock pot, And to make it a little bit more special than your um, average pulled chicken, I buy golden barbecue sauce. Now, this could be found really at any grocery store, and it's called golden barbecue sauce. There's something about it. The flavor is so refreshing and different. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't know what makes it golden, but you just got to trust me on this. So I just douse the chicken in barbecue sauce. I think usually I do like one bottle of barbecue sauce for six chicken breasts, but I love things extra saucy, so I usually go heavy-handed with it. (laughs) And I just let it simmer forever until the barbecue sauce starts to caramelize on the pan a little bit and until the chicken is um, pulls very easily with a fork. That's kind of how I test it. I pull it, pull it, pull it until it's like super thin and I put it in a bowl on the table. Now, on the side, I usually make a mandarin coleslaw. So a coleslaw with a vinaigrette-based dressing and mandarin oranges. Now, I don't have my own recipe, to be honest, for this, but you can Google search um, like mandarin coleslaw or something. And something about the oranges with the golden barbecue sauce is so phenomenal. So I usually will serve... So if someone is gluten and dairy-free... They could take a heaping serving of the um, the pulled chicken, a heaping serving of the coleslaw, and that is a very nice meal. However, on the side, to just keep expanding, you can have rolls, regular rolls that people can make a sandwich with it. If you wanted, this is just an option, you can have gluten-free like hamburger buns as well. Um, and then I like to serve something like a watermelon or you could do... Um, depending on like the time of year, you could do like a potato salad or potato wedges. Um, a potato is a really great option when you don't know the dietary restrictions of a group. Moving on to another option. Um, meatballs is phenomenal. You could tell that my background is Italian based, but so many of us, um, so many of our table cultures are influenced by this as well. If you are making homemade meatballs, the only switch that you would really have to make is using gluten-free breadcrumbs, which again, no one would be able to notice. Meatballs is one of those things that is great served in a bowl or on a plate. And you just like the sausage and peppers, you can also serve it with sub rolls um, for those that would want to eat subs or with pasta on the side um, with the Jovial brand pasta to make easy pasta and meatballs. Um, This I would always serve with either 
a roasted broccoli or a salad. Now, I feel like the most traditional, the most commonly used option for serving a mixed crowd is a taco bar. My biggest word of caution here is to watch any kind of taco seasoning. Um, There was a brand that I got at Costco that was the most delicious I've probably ever had. I got so ill after every time I ate it, and I didn't read the label close enough, and it had straight up flour in the seasoning. So just make sure if you're buying a pre-made mixture um, that you check to make sure that it's gluten-free. But you can have your ground beef, you can have your your chicken, your avocado, um, your lettuce, your tortillas, and there are a few brands, right? Like the regular everyday brands have a gluten-free option. I can't remember the name of the most common one, but Siete is a brand that you might see at your grocery store that sells cassava and almond flour based um, options as well. I'll tell you, this is not like a end all be all, but try to stay away from brown rice tortillas if you're using this option. They tend to crack very easily um, and it's just not super enjoyable to eat. So the other options are a little bit better. My last option just for now um, I really, like I said, I could keep going with this. And if this is something you enjoy, let me know. I could just keep these episodes coming. I could talk food all day. Um, It's something hearty like a Cobb salad. So uh, grilled chicken, bacon, eggs, cheese. Um, I like putting mango on my Cobb salad, avocado. And this is something that is obviously very fresh, something that can be enjoyed by a lot of people. Um... And it's also very hearty. That's what you want to look for. You guys know how unsatisfied you would be if you were just served a side salad at someone's house, right? So we want to think things that are very flavorful, very hearty, but almost naturally gluten-free just based on um, how they're made. So a Cobb salad is a wonderful option. And for the dressing, I would use either... um, is it Newman's brand? Like that super common, like Paul Newman's, right? They started making paleo dressings that are probably the best on the market. And they have a wonderful ranch. Um, Sir Kensington brand is another one of my favorites. They make fabulous, super clean, diet-specific creamy dressings. So just plan to have those on hand. So really the recap, sausage and peppers, golden pulled chicken, meatballs, taco bar, Cobb salads, um, And even a pasta, guys, like a a pasta dish, loaded pasta. Um, Tegan from Half-Baked Harvest makes this um, pasta salad called, I think it's like everything but the kitchen sink. And I have been making that side salad with Jovial brand pasta and bringing it to all of my gatherings that I've been to this summer. And everybody is so in love with it. And no one's saying, is that gluten-free pasta? You know, just because the flavor is so rich. So that's what you want to keep an eye out for. Okay, so if we're just recapping really quick, um, make sure that you keep in mind from here on out that you don't have to have crazy cookbooks as much as they can help. You don't have to look for super unique recipes. Be um, be curious and look for the swaps. At almost every single thing that you could use for a regular diet recipe, you could find in a special diet option. Um, start just making sure that the condiments that you have are safe for those that are at your table that need special um, dietary swaps, right? Um, So watch the condiments and the ingredients. Don't make it weird in your wording or your presentation of the food. Just be natural. um, Be excited. 
And then uh, consider these menu options of things that are naturally gluten-free with options on the side for those that might not have as many restrictions. I hope that this episode was... uh, just inspiring to you that gets you really thinking in your hospitality. I hope that it kind of um, eases up any stress that you felt about serving family members or guests with special restrictions. And here's what I want to say. I would love to keep these episodes and these resources coming um, on this topic. It's a hot topic in our community. Um, Send us an email if you have any further questions. It could be as specific as, can you tell me your favorite Alfredo sauce. I don't know what you want to ask me. (laughs) Um, Or can you give me uh, menu ideas for a first birthday party with these restrictions? Um, Send them to chow, C-I-A-O, at gatherintentionalliving.com. And I will compile all of them to create um, kind of like a 2.0 upcoming upcoming episode. So happy cooking, guys. You got this. You are capable. You are ready. You are a good host. 